0: Remember, for it to be
1: a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick end John Crabtree. Broken up. Picked off. This game is over. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you won't get. Don't you ever talk about me. L.O.B. He wants to get in a fight. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. Oh God! Stokely down the sideline. Can they catch up?
2: Yeah, an absolutely huge, huge weekend of NFL action in store for you. Welcome along to the Off The Wall NFL podcast. Uh, with us as ever, Sam Monson at PFF underscore Sam. That's pro football focuses. Sam Monson, Kian Fahey at Kian AF on Twitter. You can read Kean stuff on Football Guys. And also with us, Donnie Mahoney at Donnie Mahoney on Twitter. Uh, I think we're going to start this week um, with Odell Beckham Jr. Why not? Uh, is that the greatest piece of athleticism you've seen on any sports field ever?
3: No. No? No, the best one I can... The, the best one i've seen in a while i can remember some of my own running days back in 1998 <laughs> uh, some pretty some pretty good moves there on the 400 meter track uh Kian, what about you
0: yeah that's the best well it's the best i've seen in an nfl field at least uh, even if i thought into it i don't think i'd find anything anything better in any other sport
2: what what is it about his ludicrous gifts that allow him to do this
0: He's got huge hands, anyway. That, that's the first thing. His ten in hands, if you measure from thumb to the end of the pinky finger. And I was actually doing that the other day after that game. His hands really, really are huge. He just catches the ball with one. What? What As did? Saw,
2: what, hang on a second. What did yours come at it? Nine
0: point two.
2: All oh, right, that's, wow. not, that's not too bad. Well done.
0: Which, which, it, which sounds not too bad. But the difference is huge from nine point two even to ten. But like, if, if you watch the catch, <laughs> <laughs> this but, is going down a weird route here. <laughs> If you watch the catch, he pulls the ball in, and he never actually even brings the other hand over to the ball. He just—he he literally the whole thing went through one hand. So to me, he's a phenomenal receiver, and that's been one play of a whole season of brilliant plays as well. So that's that's not even just a once-off like a David Tyree, or even a bit lit, bit for uh, Mario Manningham.
2: Yeah, because he, he had an amazing catch earlier in the game that the commentator was raving about and had reached a, a, a crescendo of superlatives that I was thinking, oh, it's, it's going to be very hard for you to describe anything else that this guy ever does. And then, obviously, he goes and, and does what he did. Um, Sam, just this receiver class. I mean, I know it's been mentioned a fair bit already, but is it is it ludicrous? Is it? I mean, is this one of the, the all-time great draft wide receiver classes? And, and did everybody know about it heading into the draft last year?
1: I think it's a bit early to say that. It certainly looks like a very strong receiver, receiving class. Um, and it was supposed to be strong when it was coming in. I think it's interesting that Beckham is the guy that's, at the moment, starting to look head and shoulders above everybody else. He's, you know, he, he missed time early in the season, and now he's really rolling, you know, with ridiculous catches and, and making huge plays. And he's the guy, I think, that has limitless upside in that class.
2: There the other ones that people are talking about, obviously, uh Sammy Watkins has had a bit of injury problem just recently. Also, his quarterback isn't particularly
3: good. Yeah, he's gone off the cliff. Kelvin Benjamin, very strong for Caroline in his first year. Um, although Jordan Matthews kind of really turned it on since Sanchez came came in there. Um Mike Evans, of course, in type of eight. I mean, it's it's kind of limitless. And these guys are all freak athletes, like six five, amazing, um amazing speed, amazing hands. I just wonder is there like has it was there some shift in America, maybe I don't know, eighteen nineteen years ago, like, or maybe sorry maybe about ten years ago, where these guys, who might have been basketball players, maybe like they maybe as the NFL sort of changed ten years ago, where these guys, these you know these guys were just the best athletes in the country. Were they choosing to like go for football rather than basketball, and, and maybe, or the, the, maybe the particular skill set? Maybe they were looking yeah. for <clears throat> for tall guys who were also athletic, as opposed to just the short, fast guys. Or yeah, it's hard to believe the, the big, exactly. Yeah, slow guys. the Vincent Jackson kind of guys. It's hard to believe that this could just be random. You know, that all of these amazing athletes um, could all just sort of arrive on the scene in the same year just by pure fluke.
1: Yeah, I wonder what influence Antonio Gates had on that. You know, he was the first real kind of basketball crossover guy who everybody suddenly looked at and thought, this guy's a ridiculous athlete for the position, you know, a college basketball player. And then everybody started drafting those guys, you know, for kind of project athletic freak tight ends. And that's where you get... That Jimmy Graham from but, but Antonio Gates was the real kind of trailblazer there.
2: Yeah, Julius Thomas is exactly the same. Took a couple of years before they actually found a way to work him into the game plan and, and to get him fit
3: to play NFL and obviously he's been pretty amazing. And then weirdly, someone like Tannehill who is a receiver in uh college, maybe they've realized, well you don't have the uh, gifts, you know, that are gonna that you'll need to make it as a pro. Why don't you 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 know you, try this far more difficult position, Yeah, quarterback, <laughs> and like somehow it's, it's actually worked out for him. Yeah, it's uh, especially after the threat of being dropped earlier on in the
2: season um, that seemed to concentrate his mind a bit. Just before we leave the the whole wide receiver thing, um, in retrospect, are there other teams now who are looking at this ludicrously gifted group of wide receivers, and thinking, "Jeez, man, maybe we shouldn't have wasted our pick on a corner or a project tackle or whatever, and, and gone and tried to add a piece of playmaking to our jigsaw." you're thinking maybe the seahawks maybe the 49ers uh teams who were crying out for players like this at the moment
0: well even other teams like the browns the panthers and the jets all kind of took draft picks that eventually turned into wasted ones you 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 knew this class was going to be very good at the time it was the all the talk at the draft time and yeah you you can easily look back in hindsight and say oh they should have taken him they should have taken him but everyone knows that the, the draft the, the the way the draft works it's not really a science it's a lot of this is about where players land and how they develop after the draft. So it's not really that simple. But yeah, the, the talent was always there. You look at guys like Martavis Bryant and Josh Huff in the middle rounds and even a guy like Bruce Ellington. These are guys who haven't really done much yet, but are also very talented and you think will grow into even better players.
2: Yeah. All right. Okay, so let's leave that there. And let's talk a little bit about the standings. We kind of touched on it in last week's podcast where uh, these um, various conferences are starting to get particularly interesting. We're going to start with the AFC North. Where the Bengals are seven three and one, the Steelers are seven and four, the Ravens are seven and four, and the Browns are seven and four. We keep waiting, Sam, for one of these teams to put together a run of form and consistency where you can say, "Okay well, that's the truth about that team." And for all of the, the, the tightness of the group, it seems to me as if maybe the Ravens are beginning to do that on a more regular basis than any of the other teams.
1: Yeah, maybe. I still think this division is going to be almost schizophrenic right down to the end. I think two or three of the teams have all the pieces that they they can go on a a run and end the season strong and and secure the space. But I I don't know if any one of them is going to do it guaranteed uh, down the stretch. The Ravens have got what you want. They've got an offensive line blocking well. Justin Forsett, I think, is is a really underrated running back that's finally kind of getting a chance through through circumstance there, and he's playing really well. And that defense, when everybody's healthy, is is extremely strong. They've got three talented edge rushers that really helps kind of pin offenses back and, and make things difficult. And those kind of components altogether really do make them a, a strong-looking team on paper, but it hasn't stopped them kind of imploding in games earlier this season.
2: Yeah, it, it, it seems to me as if maybe those implosions are becoming less frequent, and as a result, that's why I'd be a bit more confident about them. The Steelers, amazing from week to week, and then awful against the teams you expect them to beat.
1: Yeah, I think those are the two teams um, that have a good shot, I think, of making something happen. I just think there's there's more about them than there is the other two. And plus, even though neither of them have... You know, fantastic quarterback situations. Joe Flacco is is Joe Flacco, and and Roethlisberger has been a bit hit and miss. Um, they're still head and shoulders above Andy Dalton and uh, and Brian Hoyer for the Browns. So, I think when in doubt, you've got to expect the the teams with the better quarterback situations to to get it done down the stretch when the pressure's on.
2: Yeah, uh, and yet the return of Josh Gordon so seamlessly into the, the Browns package last week, Keen suggests that maybe there's a little bit of fight left in the Browns that you kind of thought maybe four or five weeks ago the Browns are doing well, they're actually performing above what maybe people expected and that's quite good for them. Now maybe they can begin to have a bit of a dream themselves about uh, making a playoff run here.
0: They're definitely in position. I think next week's game against the Bills is going to be crucial because... The Bills are a good team. They showed that last uh, Monday night where they they easily swept past the Jets, and you could easily see them do that to the to the Browns. And if that happens, I think with how tight the division is and with the way the schedules go, I think that might be like they they can't really afford to lose another game. And that might, that's kind of one where I think they don't match up well. I think they might be in trouble. But the nice thing about this division overall is that the teams are going to play each other, so they're going to decide it between themselves. Like the Steelers have two games left against the Bengals. And the Browns play the Ravens and the Bengals still. So it's going to be... It'll probably come down to the wire, but at least they're going to fight it out between themselves and not rely on others losing or others beating other teams.
2: Donnie, you had a theory last week about the Broncos, which um, the Chiefs kind of derailed by coughing up a, a victory against um, the Raiders last weekend. Yeah.
3: Also, the, I mean, but I mean, Miami was very close to beating Denver last week. And maybe that theory wasn't totally far-fetched. I think the Broncos... We'll be we'll be all right now, but they're you know they're going Arrowhead. A lot of people, a lot of buzz about the Chiefs this week. Thinking, hey, you know we're at home. People don't respect us. Broncos are overrated. I think my Denver is gonna do the job here. I don't like there. Uh, there was a similar game last year when uh, Casey were, I mean arguably a better team than they were this year. Denver went in, did the job. Hammered him. I I just think I think maybe I think maybe the I've I've kind of I've, I'm I'm off the Chiefs bandwagon. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: All right. Okay. So the Broncos are eight and three. The Chiefs are seven and four. The Chargers are seven and four as well in the AFC West. Uh, is there anything else left to derail the, the Broncos bandwagon in that division, Sam? I
1: actually think they might be getting back on track um, because of a guy like CJ Anderson coming along. The, the the system is set up to help running backs. Um, and whilst No. Sean Moreno is not a great running back, he's very he's good at everything. He's he's a good pass protector. He's good with the ball in his hands as a receiver, and he's good running it. Um, and those three things together making him make him a perfect back for, for Peyton Manning and for that Denver offense because he's going to get opportunities to make plays. Um, and Ronnie Hillman and the rest of the guys in that offense just weren't getting it done this year. Well, can I ask but-
2: about that? Because Moreno didn't start last season and Anderson didn't start this season. So is that just a complete oversight on the coaching staff's part? Is it, is it Peyton Manning not realizing that, hang on, there's somebody who fits my offense perfectly here and you're third in the depth chart and that's just the way it is? Right? Why didn't they realize this two months ago?
1: I think it's difficult for, for coaches in the NFL to spot running backs in terms of when they're going to be a complete fit for the offense. It's not just Denver. It happens all across the league. If you look at the Vikings, they've been starting uh, Matt Asiata and had a guy like Joe Banyard basically on the practice squad and then getting promoted every now and again, essentially just a spare thought on the roster. And in preseason, he looked like probably the best running back on the roster if you take Adrian Peterson out of the equation. Um, I don't know if it's a case of with less hitting and that kind of thing in practice these days, it just becomes extremely difficult to accurately evaluate running backs within the offense because, you know, so much of what they do is going to be breaking tackles or, or, you know, breaking away from contact that you're not necessarily going to see. If you're just practicing with thud contact, you know, you just go up and you touch a guy and that's the play over. Yeah. Um, But I I don't think it's just a Denver issue. I think it is league-wide.
2: In fairness, it is totally. We've seen it at Baltimore. Uh, We've seen it at Cleveland's. We've seen it at Jacksonville, uh, where guys who are nowhere near the start and, yep. and no one knows who it is. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it's a complete nightmare.
3: Look at our, our friend Garrett Blunt, who um, wastes away on the bench in Pittsburgh all year after being, you know, a juggernaut for most of the end of the last season. Takes gets signed by the Patriots and is like it's back in. We're back in January 2014, like just all over again. As a we brought up fantasy. I, I'm not going to mention the Monte Ball word, but I also drafted C.J. Anderson. Um, you know, almost as a handcuff to him, doesn't do anything the whole year. You drop him. I dropped him because there there was no <laughs> chance of him ever doing anything. It seemed like none of this makes sense. Like Hillman obviously seemed like a better guy. Yeah. Hillman starts to slow down, gets injured. Turns out they play Anderson, and he's really good. Yeah. How does how do you not know? Like, I are they understand. all just so like? So you have your Petersons and your Jamal Charleses. Those guys, and then everyone, and maybe you know, Arian Foster, and then all of these guys are just totally interchangeable. They have no, their skill sets are exactly the same. I don't. It seems like the coaches. I could with with the Manning system, where it just seems like you know you're in this this system that he devises, and and defenses are just reacting to him. And the running backs are really important, just for you know, kind of creating for sort of playing off his his um his throwing schemes. I can understand that a bit, but like so many other every running back around the league, just, I don't get it. It used to be this position where you had these solid guys who were so reliable. Yeah, you don't know any of them anymore. It's crazy. I don't. It's frustrating.
2: Yeah, I, like it's not that there's a deliverable where their jump and their acceleration and their agility can be measured, and somebody beats somebody else in the
3: score, and. But even if you look at Forsett, like he was totally—he was. He's twenty-nine. He's twenty-nine. He his whole career was a, was a, was wasted. He was a wash-up, and then something happens this year. Ray Rice gets hurt, or sorry, Ray Rice gets suspended. All this, you know, he's, this sort of, he's the sort of—he's not even first. Uh, Bernard Pierce was supposed to yeah. be ahead of him. He's an afterthought. They throw him in, and it turns out he's amazing. How does like? I mean, who takes the? offensive coordinator to take credit for what for this or do they just feel sort of bashful that they missed the, that they didn 't see it earlier i, I wouldn 't associate bashfulness with
2: anybody who uh, is working in the NFL yeah. <clears throat> pardon me okay let 's move on because um, so that 's us we've talked a little bit about the AFC West and the AFC North um We are going to talk about the, the big game this weekend as well that uh, the Pats and the Packers but I want to talk about the NFC West the Cardinals now nine and two the Seahawks seven and four the forty nine ers seven and four, and the Rams probably the best four and seven team that um, anybody can remember. Um, the Seahawks play the 49ers tonight, uh, this is Thanksgiving, and <clears throat> pardon me, I, I, I don't understand why anybody is giving the 49ers a chance in this game, Keen. I uh, watched all of the 49ers game against Washington last week, and frankly, they're abysmal.
0: Well, you can kind of say that about the Seahawks at, time this, at times this year too. The Seahawks may have beaten the Cardinals 19-3, but a lot of that was Drew Stanton going against that defense. And as we've seen uh, in the past, Kaepernick has done actually quite well against the Seahawks defense. Even though he's not doing it passing the ball, he does it a lot running the ball. And you're kind of getting to the time of the year where this is going to be a game that has a massive impact on who makes the playoffs. So I, I wouldn't really... Consider how recent performances have gone or consider how recent records have been with this kind of game. It, it's a bit cliche for all recent performances when it's, a, when it's a rivalry game, but that's the way these games have been. So you, you kind of can't really go into this game expecting the different X's and O's or different specific uh, player traits to come out. You don't really know what you're going to get.
2: I would have bought that if I hadn't seen the Seahawks D <laughs> come back to some kind of form. Where, so maybe three, four weeks ago, everybody was like, oh, what is the truth about the Seahawks? They look like they've been out partying a little bit too much, like they don't care. That they're, you know, the point you made about them being the youngest um, Super Bowl winning team, and maybe it went to their head a little bit. It looked last week like they were locked in. They they smelled a bit of blood in the water. There's a slightly dodgy quarterback. They're going to kill him and kill the opposition and remind Arizona that actually this is their conference, and they're going to win this. And, and I think, Sam, I just looking at um, the 49ers, particularly at home, for whatever reason, they've been really terrible so far this season. Um, errors from Vernon Davis, errors from th- any of the other receivers not named Anquan Bolden, and no real sign of progress from Colin Kaepernick.
1: No, they're very kind of... They're consistently inconsistent, and they, they, they just don't look good for a, an extended stretch. But I still have a lot less confidence in the seahawks away from home um so not so much that the 49ers have anything going for them at home because they haven't been playing particularly well there but the seahawks on the road i don't think um are anything like the same kind of team they they do feed off that that 12th man up there in the the pacific northwest and for that reason alone i think it's going to be a tough game it's going to be close um that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a particularly good close game but um, but I do think both teams will fight it out to a, a fairly close
3: a nine six classic, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I love San Francisco tonight. Yeah, yeah. I I was offline last weekend, so I missed. I didn't see that Forty uh watching the game, and I didn't see the resurgent uh, Seahawks doing their a job. Whole, there was a seven. whole
2: drive where RG three looked like a competent quarterback. Wow. That's how bad the San Francisco were, even though their D was the, the only good thing
3: about them. But you got to, I think, this is one of those form book goes out the window kind of games. You've you, you got to cast your mind back to the crabtree Sherman incident. This is the first time those teams are playing since then. These are two teams that hate each other, and you throw in the spectacle of national television on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty game to watch, but I kind of just feel like the, uh, the Niners are going to have enough just to... Bloody them!
2: Yeah, I think Richard Sherman eats uh, Crabtree if they even come up against each other at any point.
3: Yeah, well, Bolden is the threat now. So, I mean, her, Crabtree doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, maybe Sherman might be best. His service might be best used on um, Mr. Anquan.
1: Crabtree hasn't looked like the same guy at all um, since since he got injured. Really, he was fantastic before he got that big injury, and he just hasn't looked like the same guy since this season. He, he's been playing pretty badly, I think. Bolden and Steve Stevie Johnson have been much better as receivers. So it'll be interesting to see if he can raise his game at all in this game given how much he's going to want to try and make a point.
2: The point of the Cardinals after last week and obviously they still have um, games for more divisional games to come. Um it, it, they're 9 and 2 and everything's ticking along nicely. They're very fortunate that this week they're playing the Falcons because the Falcons are absolutely abysmal. Um can they get back on track this week and like is there still enough about them notwithstanding the defeat last week?
0: Well, there's definitely enough about them to beat the Falcons. The Falcons have looked very poor all season. And even though they should have won that Browns game last week, they just gave it up very easily at the end to Brian Hoyer. I think they'll they, they will be fine against teams like the Falcons and lesser teams when, when Drew Stanton is the quarterback. But it's like we saw last week. The problem is when they come up against a good team, when they come up against a playoff team that's fighting for their playoff spot you think they're just going to be in trouble because they can't carry a quarterback. No, no team in the NFL can carry a quarterback like Drew Stanton in, in through the playoffs anymore. I don't think that's that's the way it's going to work. Like we, We'll point to the Brad Johnsons and the Trent Dilfords who won Super Bowls, but I think the league has changed a little bit over the last 10 years where you, you, you're you going to have to win games by scoring more than 24 points, more than 21 points at least, and you're, you're not really going to have many 6-3 or 9-3 or 12-6 or uh, games anymore. And you're especially not going to have it in the playoffs.
2: Let's talk about the big game this weekend. It is the Packers. Um, it's the Patriots at the Packers. The um, Patriots three three and a half point underdogs, something like that. Something uh, very disrespectful.
3: <laughs> uh, what, what do the Patriots have to do? How many teams do they have to? They uh, how many teams do they have to kill before people start to see that they're the best team in the league?
2: All sorts of crazy stats out this week. Um, they're thirty two and three over the final six games of the season in the last five or six years, whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, This is the the time of the year where they turn it on. The trouble is that um, the Packers have looked absolutely amazing and Lambeau uh, has been pretty good for them. They looked okay. Who would they beat? Um, Everyone. They they beat Chicago. They they
1: didn't look that good this week. Uh, The Vikings played them pretty close and the Vikings aren't a great team at all. Um, And it was really only Eddie Lacey that, that kind of pushed them over the edge in that game. I suspect that the the Patriots will do a similar kind of number on that Green Bay offense. I think they'll hold them. They won't shut them down, but they'll restrict them to points in the 20 somewhere, I'd say. And then it becomes oh, how much success the Patriots offense has against the Green Bay defense. And
3: who, who's their running back? Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's there's the three-pronged approach now. You can throw Vereen, you can throw Blunt, and then you've got the uh, jilted Jonas Gray there. We, it depends the alarm
1: goes off and who sleeps in.
3: Yeah, who's on Sports Illustrated? Sport, cover of Sports Illustrated this week. Yeah, who who doesn't get caught
2: for smoking spliff? Um, what is the, <clears throat> what is the identity then of uh, the
3: winner of this game? Well, they're the best team in the NFL, no doubt. The Patriots. Well, if they win, I'm sure they will. I'm pretty sure they will.
2: What if the what if the Packers actually expose something here that we haven't seen? Because I mean, so the, the the looking back on the teams that the Patriots have beaten. They beat teams not quite at the peak of their powers. It's fair to say well, the Packers are at the peak of their powers at
3: the moment. Maybe they only stop being at the peak of their powers once they lost to the Patriots. I mean, well, they beat I them. I
2: think Detroit were on the way down because they'd, they'd had nine points the previous week. Yeah, they, I mean, the, the, the Broncos were riddled
3: with injuries. So the Colts. I mean, the, the Colts aren't good. They're not the Colts. They're, the Colts they're, are okay. They're the third best team in the AFC. Mm. Andrew Luck at home, like I mean, the, the Patriots aren't just beating up some cream puffs. You know, it's not the it's not the Jets that they're hammering by thirty points every week. It's like they're beating the top the top ten teams in the league. Now, you maybe there's some form thing where I don't know the weather was bad, and Manning couldn't do the job, and like these games aren't even close. They're hammering everybody. Forty twenty is the average score over the last number of weeks. Like, no defense can stop them. They're, they haven't. When was the last time they scored less than thirty points? I can't even remember.
2: This is uh, some good trash talking here from the the Patriots fan. Um, Kian, what do you think is going to happen in this game?
0: Well, Danny's going to feel really confident up until the point where Aaron Rodgers is on the field and then he's going to realise he's playing against Aaron Rodgers at home. And that hasn't gone well for anyone in the last few weeks. And I, I agree with Sam, Rodgers didn't look that great or the offence didn't look that great against the Vikings last week. And I think this game will be more about the Patriots' offence against the, the Packers' defence. And I think Bill Belichick has done unbelievable stuff for the last couple of weeks where... He's completely changed the identity of his offense from week to week. And this is something he's done in the past, but with, with this uh, with this cast of players, it didn't look like he was going to be able to do that earlier in the year. And we, we saw against the Colts two weeks ago, he just concentrated running ball, concentrated running ball. And then last week, they went to the short passing game that were able to pick apart the, the Lions' defense. And I'm not really sure if there's a clear way to attack the Packers' defense. If anything, I think it's probably to throw the ball down the field. And even as good as Brady has been, uh, he's still not really throwing the ball down the field accurately, as far as I can tell, and, I, I, and that that's where the kind of the intrigue comes because I think the Packers might load up a bit to stop the run and get get the underneath routes, which is something not many teams do, and then it becomes a a point of is Brady able to find receivers down the field and is Gronkowski going to have a big day to keep them up uh, to allow them to keep up with Aaron Rodgers?
2: So you dare you dare Tom Brady to throw deep, and then
3: mm. and then it's a fifty fifty after that. Then he throws interceptions, but I, I think. think-
1: It's going to be fascinating to see how they try and cover Gronkowski because I don't see anybody in that Green Bay defense that, well, there's nobody in any defense that matches up well with Gronkowski one-on-one, but particularly the Green Bay defense who are playing Clay Matthews at inside linebacker a lot now, and that's that's a massive departure for him in terms of covering guys in space. And then A.J. Hawk is the other inside linebacker, and he's just not very good in coverage. So that's two linebackers that are immediately big mismatches so that brings in the question of whether you you bring in a guy like um, like Ha Clinton Dix down to cover him or a, a much smaller defensive bank I, I don't see anyone one on one where they, they look up well against Gronkowski that seems like a, a potential issue
2: it Is the only thing to do to make sure that the pocket collapses really quickly so that there's no time to get the ball to Gronkowski then?
1: Yeah I mean if you can get pass rush quickly that's obviously going to help or the other option is to bracket cover the guy double cover him or play zones tight around him and just try and and narrow the window try and make it a, a really small hole to hit for brady
2: is this a super bowl in uh, two months time
1: it certainly looks like it right now doesn't it but you know <laughs> plenty of games have, have looked like a, a super bowl preview a couple of months out and and it doesn't happen
3: See what Seattle does tonight. Yeah, I think the injuries would be the only thing really for these two teams that would. Eat. Well, there's one injury that the Patriots. There's two injuries that the Patriots can't come back from. Um, I guess maybe the the Packers are the same with one injury, but you know that's what it is. Yeah, well, if
2: they lose Eddie Lacy as well at this point, they. Uh, James they've, Starks. Yeah. No, the other guy. Yeah. Another another fantasy bust anyway. Uh right, we're nearly done. We've got a couple more to talk about and it's um there's the three games tonight. We've already talked about Seattle and San Fran, the Lions and Bears maybe we'll leave, but the Cowboys against the Eagles, the eight and three Eagles against the eight and three Cowboys. Um <laughs> Cowboys fans very worried that they might still find a way to go eight and eight this season. Uh surely that's not gonna happen, Keen.
0: Yeah, well you're just talking about a potential Super Bowl matchup and at this point in the year, I'm starting to lean towards the Cowboys and looking at the way that offense is working. Last week against the—or last, not even last week, it's only a couple of days ago, really— against the Giants, you could see at the end of the game, Romo was sitting in the pocket with seven seconds. He did that twice. And if you've got a quarterback of the quality of Romo and you can put a pass protection in front of him like that, and with that running game to add in, I just, it's just that offense is going to allow them to be really, really good and really dangerous late on against good teams. This is obviously a tough week because they played the late game on Sunday and now they're playing again today just 4 days later. I I the Eagles could beat them and win the division, but I still I, th- I still think I'd like the Cowboys a lot more going into the playoffs.
2: That Cowboys offensive line are um, getting uh, a lot of praise from all quarters um and yet the person who put that whole team together doesn't seem to get any love for the achievements. I mean this is this is the team that Jerry built, right? I mean He's he's the greatest
3: general manager in American football right now. Oh, things have gone his way. Um, this is this is the big night of the year, that na- the nation turns its eyes to. Uh, you know, you've had your Thanksgiving meal, you sit down and you watch the Cowboys play, America's team, and for the first time in many me- years, as far as I can't remember a time when they've come in, you know, as good as as this. But memory also reminds me that the often terrible things happen to them. On Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, weird, surreal defeats, uh, terrible Romo meltdowns. Weren't they always the terrible team, though? Well, there was always a reason for that. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, in the last decade, even when they were sort of average in this, you know, in this eight Aiden Eight era, it's been a lot of sort of bad losses. One I can remember specifically two years ago. One Robert Griffin the Third stepped up, and uh, sort of announced himself. I mean, he'd obviously been sort of known, but he just destroyed um the cowboys and was like it was clear that this guy was going to be the NFL, like the face of the nfl for the next uh, decade or something <laughs> and here we are two only two years later and his career i mean it just seems like it's com- almost gone now you know we'll talk about that in one second i just want to get a final
2: thought from sam on um the cowboys eagles um i the cowboys are the real thing here and and the potential super bowl team at this point they need to be thinking like that that needs to be the level of their ambition this season
1: I think that needs to be the level of ambition of both these teams. They've they've both shown their good sides. They've both got to eight and three, which is a pretty impressive record. There's no reason either one of them can't make a run. Um, the Kia mentioned the kind of the seven second pockets at the end of that Giants game. The Eagles are not going to give them that kind of time. They've got much more of a pass rushing threat. And for some reason, the Giants had Robert Ayers sitting on the bench for most of that drive. And Ayers has been their their best pass rusher I think this season. So. They kind of certainly helped in that, those seven second pockets, but the Eagles have a, a bevy of pass rushers and, and they're perfectly prepared to to send lots of them and send them on various stunts and creative blitzes and that kind of thing. So I think Romo's going to have a lot less time to work with and a lot more pressure in his face. And obviously, that's when the potential for bad Romo comes out. Um, and that's obviously, I think, key for the, the Cowboys winning those games and going on a run is, is avoiding. The the dreaded nightmare Romo game.
2: As it stands, Washington are going to have a top five pick next year. in the first mm. round of the, Is that actually their pick or is that a, a, a Rams pick? I'm not sure if that. So it would be pretty weird if the, the RG3 deal was still working its way through the system. But Washington against the Colts was supposed to be the two great quarterbacks from that draft class oh, yeah. up against each other. And it turns out that um, Andrew Luck, he's good. RG3 not so good to drop this week for Colt McCoy.
3: Well, I mean, RG3 not so good. I Like, I, I'm i not sure, is that debate over? I don't know. Like, I still, he was good once, so certainly he, that means he's good.
1: No? Uh,
2: maybe his physical gifts have departed in such a spectacular way that he can never be good again. I don't know, Kim, can you get back when you've been as brutalized and tossed around the place like a ragdoll the way he has been, plus with those dodgy knees?
0: But well, he can, but the chances of it happening now are, are very unlikely. I think he, it, it was kind of unfair to bench him, even though he was playing pretty awfully. Um, it, it was unfair to bench him because he had missed so much time. He was in a new offense that he hadn't played. Like, what, what he had done his first two years wasn't really what normal, what you expect normal traditional quarterbacks to do, where they're dropping back, managing a pocket, making coverage reads on the field. He was all that play action, all the bootlegs, all the, the different play designs that allowed him to kind of create easier reads and just rely on his physical talents. And that wasn't just running the ball. It was throwing the ball as well. And now they, he he came into this season looking to uh, develop in, in, in Jake Rudin's offense and then he got injured so quickly. But I think three games since he came back from injury wasn't really enough. And I don't really think there's any actual benefit to going to Colt McCoy. He's not going to make you so much better over the short term that the rest of the offense suddenly becomes brilliant. And even though they can't make the playoffs, they build up some momentum going into the offseason. And he's not going to be a long-term option. He's proven that because he doesn't have the physical talents. He hasn't performed well enough in the past to to say that he could be that. And it's, I just don't really see the, the the long-term or short-term gain of going to RG3 or going away from RG3 for a quarterback like Colt McCoy.
3: I've said a lot of stupid things on this podcast in the <laughs> 10 weeks that we've been doing, it, 12 weeks. I but, also- but I did predict. Well, I said RG3 would never play a game as a Redskin uh, back, I don't know, after the injury in week two or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And okay, I was wrong, but look, like, I wasn't that wrong. I was only wrong by three weeks. I mean, th- there was, it felt like there was something really, um, there was a, a stench around the Griffin era that it w- it was coming to a close early on this year. I don't like, but, you know, I was listening to a Jake Rudin pro- uh, uh, press conference this morning. I was like, he doesn't sound the most convincing in, in the reasons why he's going to Colt McCoy, other than if he if they go three and thirteen, he might lose his job or that it's gonna you know that it could screw him. It just seems like purely career driven that like they might get a few results with McCoy. I think
1: his his problem is that there's no upside to this move, but it's just the lesser of two evils. Uh, it, Chris Cooley, the the former Redskins tight end, had a fantastic breakdown on, on his radio show. It was like a half hour where he just took RG three's game to pieces, uh, and not in a not in a vindictive way he just went through the tape and he was pointing out the kind of high school freshman errors that rg3 is making and saying that right now you can't function you can't put an nfl offense around him he's just he's not playing in a way that it it makes it viable for anybody so they've just reached the point where they're they're saying we can't start this guy anymore it just makes no more sense the guy he's he's clearly broken to the point where he needs rebuilding from the ground up And that can't happen on the field. It just makes no sense for anybody. So all we're left with is Colt McCoy. And, you know, I think it's absolutely the right decision to sit him down. His only problem is that that decision involves starting Colt McCoy. And you then need to come out to the press and try and put a positive spin on that. And there really isn't one. It's just the guy that we thought was going to be the guy was going to be our quarterback is completely broken. And that leaves us starting this guy. You know, sorry. I mean, that's all he can say.
3: It's a shame because it was, I, in his rookie year, it was so incredible just to watch. Yeah. You know, you would, you would just sit down and watch him. And, you know, that injury was at that Seattle game uh, in the playoffs. You know, it was him against Wilson. Two careers are just going completely different directions from that game. And it, I, I, it's just, he, he just, it's all, he lo- it's loss. And, maybe I mean, it seems kind of bound for a year with the Jets and then yeah. sort of you know purgatory and then six the months end. of the Jets um, if he's lucky
2: right lads thanks a million that was great happy Thanksgiving to both of you
0: you too you too
2: Mick's Picks coming up next alright you're welcome along to Mick's Picks the uh, eponymously named part where Mick picks and uh,
4: so does everybody else yeah That's angry it.
2: producer Mick has joined us Donnie's still here of course Um, We haven't talked about Thanksgiving yet On this part of the the show No,
4: Happy Thanksgiving Donnie
2: What are you giving thanks for Michael?
4: I'm giving thanks for the NFL podcast and its continued success
2: It's been noticeable that uh, front running uh, Mick McCarthy Has appeared every day this week in his Patriots (laughs) study Every day this week He's got a bed in it
3: Where was it after that Chiefs game? I I don't don't know know. (laughs) Or or that Miami game still in the store (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's where it was
4: I've been in between Patriots merchandise I had a t-shirt that literally just got too old to wear for a while and it's kind of taking me this long to get something else so I got a hoodie three four weeks gone this is the second time I've worn a shirt Um, yeah so
2: the the There's the goddamn New England Patriots cost me a lot in fantasy this week by beating up relentlessly on uh, Detroit which yep. might the Calvin Johnson dropped balls mm-hmm. and then also uh, by dropping a ball early on Gronkowski was taught a lesson by Brady well oh, hang on a second we've got this other guy I'm going to just throw it to Tim Wright yeah. twice who was on my bench I've, I've handcuffed
4: him well, the second one was funny because the second one was like the, the Brady literally just had so much time that all the good coverage was useless and he just sort of he may as
3: well have turned around in slow motion and went oh your man's in the corner there he's a big out it over to him yeah I was not watching football really that much this weekend, as I've said earlier. But um, <laughs> the, what were
2: you doing, Donnie? You didn't tell us earlier.
3: I, I was just offline, and <laughs> I. But I'll tell you a funny thing. I put a waiver claim in on LeGar- Legarrett Blunt on Wednesday night, and I had no idea. I was just was like, I've got nothing to do. I'm just going to put a flyer out on this guy. Check my after pants. he signed for the Patriots. I had no. I had no idea. All right. Uh, maybe it was Tuesday. Even all right. I was so on Monday. It was late Sunday. I finally got around to seeing what was going on. It was like very late Sunday. Yeah. I look at my bench and there's LeGarrette Blount with 20 points or something. And it's was like, what? Yeah. Run well. Jonas I feel Gray, sorry for Jonas Zero
2: Gray. snaps for missing yeah. training. He, but, he slept it out. The alarm clock went off late after a record-breaking week yeah. for him. On, on, the on the Friday as well.
4: So it wasn't as if he turned up on the Monday drunk, <laughs>
2: kind of going, oh, the or, best day ever. Or stoned. Yeah. Or reeking of, of yeah. grass. Like Lagarde Blunt has so, already done this so, season. Yeah,
4: that's what I'm, I'm I'm sure we talked about this, but like Jonas Gray is left off after the greatest game of his life for insubordination, kind of. Well, okay, turning up late. Okay, a, a, a disciplinary matter. Whereas then his replacement is picked up off the street last week because he was cut for insubordination (laughs) for walking off the field in the middle of a game. He's like such a better role model. Ah, look, it's just such a Belichick thing to do. It's brilliant. Gray, Gray, you could tell. So the camera kept going to him. He's there for the entire game, standing on the sideline. He never saw, never dropped his head. Had his helmet on for the whole game when they were on offense, ready to go in at a moment's notice. That was the test. You could tell that... Belichick just had somebody watching him going this is his test of character it doesn't matter what happens in this so game So I'm sticking in the, back
2: in my fantasy team this week is that you're telling the,
4: me? I, I think so I think no. in, the, in the grand well no I wouldn't put a Patriots running back in my fantasy team anyway but in the grand scheme of things what was more important to Belichick this week was not, not him running team. 42 yards <laughs> no. on 18 yeah. carries. It was about to see whether he's a character for a Patriots player. Yeah, he And I think, he well, hopefully he proved it. Hopefully he didn't throw a strop in the dressing room or anything. Belichick also might have had
3: Blunt in his um, fantasy team.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've had Blunt as a, uh, as a, what do you call it? A handcuff. A handcuff to uh, Le'Veon Bell all year. And now he's just suddenly sitting there as a, as a starting quarterback, as a starting running back again, as my fifth choice running back on my ridiculous team. You're a prick, as when I it, said. The, the, I WhatsApp can't even trade anybody now anymore.
3: The trading deadline is expiring in our um, the league. we played with many GA players. Is yeah, it not expired? I think it was expiring at the moment. This, this day, the 27th. But um, a few weeks ago I offered Mick a trade. Jimmy Graham for Andre Ellington back before the ship had sailed I on Andre tried. Ellington. I think Graham has four touch four touchdowns in the last. This is the league game. he's ten and two in, this is, and has four, four incredible running backs.
4: You're Claire, why didn't you take it? Because I've got a long term plan because this is a dynasty league and my team's really good this year So, and I've got a long term plan that I don't want to disclose Go you on, guys. tell us it No, I can't You're in the league and also I keep other telling you Austin
2: Safarian Jenkins Come on yeah. What's just, your, your long term plan? I'm not a, telling you my long term plan. plan It must be to no, It's to do with tight ends goals. It has to be Greg It's nothing to do with tight ends It's Come about on.
4: my leverage for oh, with one of my extra running backs I think that it's more used to me next season than it is this season I
2: don't know about that I have on my bench I have. I now have I say a Crowell which I managed to
3: steal from Donnie
4: for some guy who's injured Just I did Game, we, we my, did I get
3: him Brian Quick, the, quick. The, uh, <laughs> we still can't judge that trade so
4: Go on. Sam Bradford comes back we had uh, the, so this week Ellington did nothing but also, I had Greg Olson on bye and Dwayne Allen, who I've had on the bench all year, injured. Yeah. So I had to bring in Mercedes Lewis. How did he do? Zero points. He got he actually on mostly on most uh, most leagues. He got minus point five. He had one catch for minus five yards. Yeah. So I, look, Sammy the prick. I, I Same. Won, I won by about I won by about sixty points. I'm going to say maybe a little bit more actually in that league. But my my tight end had zero points. If I had had if I had swapped Ellington for uh, oh yeah. I would have had Blunt in there starting, and I would have had. Uh, I probably could have got two hundred points
1: Thank
4: if you, I'd had. Uh, as I said, himself, Jimmy Graham, mixed mix a prick, prick. <laughs> mix pricks. Uh,
2: yeah, so I lost in both pricks leagues picks? last
3: weekend. Philip Jordan beat me. Um, so you're not beyond relegation yet. You could still lose in this one league where you were five and. Seven. No, no, no,
4: no. Jer, me and Jar are about four and seven, fighting four out for seven. one. My four and seven in that league, yeah. yeah. So, but Jar has a tie break four over me. Four and eight. Well, yeah, sorry, both 4-8. Uh, so I am playing the lowest, um, the 3-7 and seven mm-hmm. team this week. 3-9, and which, nine, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously a few weeks behind here. Uh, if I win that and Jarrah loses, then. Yeah, then Jarrah's. There was one week left. I said, look, it's all to play for, but it's kind of. There's one or two people knocking around, but they look. If, you know, they if, look that, safe. Guy,
2: if that guy beats you this week. Oh, then I'm gone. You're gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: I can't. Well, no, yeah. no, no. You could lose. Joe could lose both games. I could we're the lose same. both games. Uh, and long I, long I, we're on the, the same record. You, you're gone. But your mate might be able to get out. Yeah, but also we're on the same record. If you lose both games and I lose this week, I can still win the following week. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's really that's true. Good radio. Um.
2: I do also own Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, well done. She's one of the greatest moves of my uh, fantasy mm-hmm. year, which actually makes my entire year worthwhile.
3: In a dynasty league,
2: yes. You In a dynasty league, I should have said, yeah. So I'm vaguely tempted. He looked to,
4: the business, didn't he? I'm vaguely
2: tempted Not to even uh, just that catch. put him on the trading block and see what I can get. Yeah. Although I would be well, giving up an entire I don't lifetime. Know why do you always want to do
4: that? You always want to get rid of your good people. Because what, well, what? I, I, have, I have
2: needs.
3: Who would you accept for Odell Beckham Jr?
2: Andrew Luck plus our starting running
3: back. Andrew Luck, plus a starting running back. Someone like Andre Ellington. Oh, not what what tier ten. are we talking about a starting running back? Top uh, 10 running back? Well, You're not going to get that for one wide receiver though.
2: Well, it's the greatest wide receiver in the history of the game. <laughs> That's what we're talking about.
3: <laughs> he's, right, we're definitely not jumping on anything there.
2: Well, second most fantasy points in the first seven games of an NFL career in history.
3: Yeah. Which is not bad. This is how Josh Gordon owners uh, felt last year. Look,
4: he's, yeah, Josh yeah, Gordon, yeah, Josh Gordon a was going to be good. But like, you know, you've got Mike Evans, you've got... Benjamin, like, it's been a pretty good class for wide receivers, and
2: he is the standout actually. Um, yeah. So far, Sammy and, uh, Watkins uh, gone off Sammy. the boil a bit. Um, yeah. 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 Benjamin in and out.
3: No, Benjamin's really. He's just not as flashy, but he's very reliable. I, 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 brought him in.
2: A lot of his stuff's coming in garbage time, though, right? Yeah, but it's. I mean, we're. Uh, look, he's Cam this,
3: Newton not playing pretty well. Beckham is who you want, obviously, but and especially as a dynasty thing, where you're gonna, have, you've got five years, six years maybe to afford forward this I time. just don't think you're going to get Andrew Luck and a top 10 running back for him. I think that's a very No, Quirk is price. listening.
2: I'm I'm dealing Mihal. You can uh, you can have your Also, I'm looking for luck. your big <laughs> mid on um
4: on uh, I'm not looking for luck. I don't need luck. Who's your quarterback? Um, uh, I do need a quarterback. Drew Brees? I just don't need any luck. No, it's Colin Kaepernick, Drew Brees is in the other league. All right, okay. Uh Kaepernick is a disgrace at the moment. He's holding me down. Holding me down to under 130 points a game. Uh yeah. So Odell Beckham, what was actually, i the, the catch was insane. But like, you're going to have free plays from time to time. It was that he was always open for the whole game. And he was he, open every time they looked at him. He's incredible. He, in he looks like a really, yeah, the catch. I know that, yeah. yeah. and in every world. But it's like, I, what's actually even more valuable as a receiver is that he just knows, he he just did everything right. He was always there for Manning. And even Eli could have t- found him like this.
2: Yeah. I had uh, Alfred Blue last week in my team as well that kind of let me down even though yeah. uh, Arian Foster wasn't playing
3: I lost another game in that league I think I'm ninth ranked now so I'm looking at the number 1 pick which will be interesting yeah how does it work how many, how well, many people are we keeping so we're keeping 10 people right so oh no way is that all well I think that's what I wrote in the, in the commissioner's email I can check back the record Oh really? I didn't know there was relegation in this league There's not relegation. There's ten keepers. We have a roster of twenty. I think it's either ten or fifteen.
4: I thought we were keeping everybody. Me too. I thought we were just starting with the same roster again.
3: <laughs> so did I. I thought there was like I, I thought been, maybe four. Or I've maybe been picking maybe up st- numpties like Alan Robinson and
4: all them. Yeah. No, is that even his name? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was
2: looking at that kind of prick. He got him.
4: Yeah, I know but I thought
3: we were keeping the entire roster. <laughs> no, I, it's, look, it's in an email. Yeah, it oh. is. It sounds familiar now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going, We're
4: going half dynasty.
3: I think so but it could be I could be. there's definitely a, there's either 10 or 15 whatever the email is I'm going with that cause that's and we'll just
4: works. do the first 10 rounds of the draft just get them out of the way and then start, to, start no you can actually
2: there's there's a bit of software that you can actually just plug in and all the keepers are kept yep. in the place they're supposed to be kept is So there? yeah yes. yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's a brave a big new thing world
4: we're a long way from road, road history, baseball. There's, says, from road, road history baseball there's a big thing which says keepers yes. you just click that and uh, all your keepers are kept I've seen that button
3: yeah so, but let's say I'm picking because James is in great form these days. He's put 130 up last week. So, yeah, um, if I do go, if I do drop to whatever, it'll be four and twelve or four and fourteen. You're looking at the I'm looking at number one. So, I mean, that could be anybody.
4: Oh know Tom Flynn's going to be number one. He's,
3: he's not even team.
2: not even picking his
4: team. That's true. You would think though, with 10, te- 10 players being kept off each team, that your number one pick is
3: going to be a rookie. Yeah, I think so. Like, that's it? a
4: lot of that's a lot of players, like
3: you know, or or a Ray Rice. I got duped on the or Peterson. Peterson might be kept. Going. I'm, I'm was, sure Peterson's on the team. I was duped by the Matt Ryan hype at the beginning of the year, and he's just been the sort of dead weight around my team. Just the stench of him, his kind of carcass, fantasy carcass.
2: It's very, very difficult. To, so
4: I'll tell you, he'll be there.
3: You've, ready got, you've got
2: about 14 good players. I, I have literally Robert 10 Griffin. good players, and that's um, that's about it. But so to the 10 that I have that I, I would keep at the moment. Isaiah Crowell, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Gronkowski, Odell Beckham Jr., Spiller, Sammy Watkins, Carlos Hyde, Antonio Brown, Tim Wright, which means I'm dropping Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Juwan Thompson, Marcel Reese, the Oakland running back, Lance mm. Dunbar, the the Dallas running back, on the off chance that DeMarco Murray's porcelain knees come back at some point. Which they will. For some reason they haven't. Eventually. The no, they Blues will, they world.
3: will. Town's not a lot of people, you know? There yeah, is, it's a whole team. It's a starting team.
2: Yeah, so suddenly... Like there's some decent players. You're
3: getting rid really of your kicker and your defense,
4: I'd imagine.
2: Backup quarterback. I'm not keeping a quarterback there.
4: Yeah, well, I'm not even going to have a backup quarterback anymore now because Griffin's after getting dumped. Yeah, that was mm.
2: he's. Yeah, he's, he's useless. Dumped. We're not allowed to bet on the Thanksgiving games, even though we're recording. We are. We
4: are. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're in. It was discussed.
2: Oh, well, I didn't know that.
4: Well, there you I don't go. like the way you're you cheating on me again. Chicago plus seven at the Lions. Dallas minus three. Against the Eagles, and I think it's Seattle. My
3: uh, yeah, San Francisco minus one at home. Yeah, yeah. Seattle plus one. I'm going to let you fools go first because last time, last week, I listened back and I noticed that I was the picks that I took that you were also going to take turned out to be losers, and then you got to re-pick, <laughs> and then you got to win. So that's not I, true.
4: The only one I was going to pick that you had was so Buffalo. Just, just which explain
2: one? to everybody that uh, I romped home last week with a, an a f- almost flawless performance.
3: Almost. You won. Two, you won two out of three. Um, you, you might want to help me out off you the had top Cleveland yeah Cleveland travelling to Atlanta they won that game you had you were talking up the Jets throughout the whole <laughs> latter <laughs> half was. of the podcast I think the Jets have a, a real chance of this in this
2: Buffalo I would have said the Jets had a chance in the snow yeah. I would have given anybody
3: a chance in the that, snow that's going to be a 6-3 game you said
2: yeah exactly and then it turns in, moved into a dome yeah
3: History will recall that to be a thirty eight three game. <laughs> so you didn't, I didn't do that. pick it. In um, Detroit for no reason. You had you wisely had the Ravens away, um giving yeah. points to the Good. Saints. That was that was wise.
4: Saints are a disaster. Um and then Dallas minus three, Dallas minus which three. was a push. That's- uh I also had Dallas minus three. Uh that was a scary enough one. I was out hoping it wouldn't go to overtime. Mm-hmm. I actually I can't remember the details. No, <laughs> St. Louis I was hoping I didn't. I had St. Louis plus 4.5 or something like that and they got it, it back to three and mm. I was hoping Sean Hill would do a Sean Hill thing so that it wouldn't go to overtime and mm. then mm. they'd get a touchdown yeah. which was like guaranteed to happen throws an interception on the goal line woo because that was either going to be an interception or a touchdown either way or win uh, that was lucky though because they were losing for the whole game and I had Moved off Buffalo To go to them And Buffalo obviously Won pretty easily Uh, I lost on Arizona As the Donnie And Dallas was a push
3: Yeah Arizona
4: annihilated By the uh, Seahawks
3: 19-3
4: Yeah I'm now a half a game Behind Donnie
3: Mm -hmm. So I'm You're you're not out of contention yet either Three behind Three behind you Two and a half maybe
2: Okay all right. So this week, um, I didn't realize the Seahawks were an option. So I'm going for the Seahawks plus one at San Francisco. The San Francisco Forty ers in Levi Stadium have been absolutely appalling. Mm. They've been practicing extra under the lights this week, trying to suggest that uh, somehow the players can't see each other in
4: broad daylight. I don't understand what the problem is. Um, I think the Seahawks. Uh, just on last week is that we were talking about, we were talking up Arizona wrongly as it turned out, but I was also talking. Down the Seahawks saying how are they going to score? And just even watching the game, like they only scored nineteen points. Arizona's defense did show up, but like that part wasn't wrong. It was just that the s- Seattle defense looked like last year again. Yeah, because they got,
2: just, they've got players back as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Weeks. But they were also
4: up for it. Like they yeah. were brilliant. It was honestly, it was like watching the playoffs again last year. They were. Phenomenal, and they're going to be up for this as well. They it's can, like the important part of the season.
3: You can, they sniff blood when it's, they see Drew Stanton behind the mm. behind the center.
4: Well, if they can stay, if they can stay at that level for the rest of the season, they're contenders again. But they haven't shown it yet, so you need to see it two weeks in a row. That's why Thursday's really interesting. It's going to be an awesome game.
2: Nolan Saints at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh yeah. minus four point five.
3: Oh no, you fell you, you fallen for that trap again. Another one of another one of you people. have What Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh against a really bad team. Pittsburgh so.
2: against a really bad team, who actually everybody thinks is
3: good. Isn't no, it? Isn't no one does anymore. And after uh, last weekend, well, uh, not after Monday night. Drew Brees finally turned up for me. Yeah.
2: It was too late. Drew Brees,
3: then. Jimmy
4: Graham, he had four hundred yards and three touchdowns. I
2: think they've quit. I think that they just quit. They they started to lose games at home. So anyway, they suck. Uh, uh, yeah,
3: sorry. Go on. Um,
2: and I'm just trying to find it here. Who are the Colts playing?
3: They're playing the Washington Redskins when well they Colt McCoy in game.
2: Oh, I forgot about Colt McCoy. Minus who, 10. Who are the Rams playing? The, Red- the Rams the are minus
3: 7 at home to the Oakland Raiders.
2: So I'm um, going to take the Indianapolis Colts against the hapless Washington Red. No, I'm not. I'm going to take the, the other one. Sorry, the Rams minus 7.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this quickly. I am going to take... I'm going to go for the power of Arrowhead Stadium. They... Idiot! Kansas City Chiefs lost their chances of winning oh, that division by not turning up at Oakland. By the way, a nighttime game at Oakland just looked weird. That's how terrible they are. That it was weird looking at their their stadium at nighttime. Uh, but anyway, of,
3: speaking of weird, it was weird logging on to Fantasy on Monday, on Friday morning and seeing Latavius Moore. Is that his name? Murray. Murray. No. Yeah, I don't on, know. Latavius Murray <laughs> on, my team. On, on my bench with twenty and points, my four plays. Yeah, that was weird. One hundred and.
2: 30 yards with four plays. So yeah, he's got one of the highest rushing averages.
4: Ridiculous. He was brilliant. Uh, yeah, on my bench too in another league. I'm going to take the Chiefs at home anyway against Denver. I think Denver have been poor in the last couple of weeks, since the Patriots game actually. Uh, the Chiefs are brilliant at home. It was a weird off week. I don't know. I just think they weren't up for. I think they were actually looking at this game. How many points? Plus 1.5 at home where they're like, they've Pretty got good, Seattle yeah. style um, home field advantage at the moment. So... I'm going to take them. It's a risk I know. I'm going to take Baltimore at home to the San Diego Chargers, who I think have San packed it in. Diego That's minus five point five. Charges. I think Baltimore almost, if they don't win out, they're close to it. I think they end up taking that division easily, even though it's like supposedly the toughest, um, we'll most see. all over, most all over the place division. And I am going to take, as bad as they are, and as worried as I would be about taking Eli Manning. I think that the Giants yeah. are more than two point five points better than uh-huh. the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think so too.
3: All right, I've got Carolina. Ooh, they're I was at three seven and one. They still have a lot to play for, or whatever it is, four seven and one. So uh, they're in. I'll uh, come off a bye, traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota were
4: really good last week. They're, yeah. they're three seven and one because I know that because four and eight leads that division. No, right.
2: Teddy Bridgewater three, got it done one. last week. Three six Apparently, there was a. I didn't see it now, but I was in listening de- to
3: in defeat. I yeah, don't know. I don't I missed that one. So I'm gonna. I I still think, I think Caroline have more to five four two and a half Two and a half points. I'm gonna go for them. Uh, oh, underdogs on Bent the road. Ben
2: Tate to come on and destroy.
3: No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm surprised this hasn't been mentioned yet, but um, there is a new quarterback in. East Rutherford, he's the old quarterback Geno Smith, <laughs> starting for the Jets against the uh dangerous Dolphins. Yeah, uh, this
4: is a this is I forgot about this game.
3: Monday night. I don't I just don't see I there is a little bit of history between these teams on Monday night. My parents or my dad was at a Jets game. It was one of the great all time comebacks in in NFL history. Um the Jets came down came back from like tw- four touchdowns down on a Monday night once and he him and the the guys who was there were left were there with all left after when they were down <laughs> like 31 3 or something, and then the Jets won thirty-four thirty-one 31 or something. So they missed it. They missed it. Yeah, it's one of the <laughs> things. Either you're there or you missed it. But anyway, I think the Dolphins are going to put the herd on the Jets, and maybe Rex Ryan, maybe he'll, they'll finally take him out of his misery. Maybe they'll just. Maybe they're going to make him suffer through it at this stage. So Dolphins minus six uh, on the road, and I like. That's three. No. No? And I like Arizona minus two and a half in Atlanta. Um, I just think. Yeah, Falcons bad, Cardinals good. While we're in a, um,
4: I agree with that, right? I think Atlanta are going to lose that game. So while we're in a kind of a betting point, should we have a bet on the Atlanta Falcons going 6-0 and in their division and 0-12, and, and 10 everywhere else yeah, and, winning. and winning their division? So who else have they got? They've got New Orleans away and I think they've got They've got, uh, I think they've got Carolina at home in week seventeen, mm. and they've won four, they're four and all at the moment. Well, New Orleans away and Carolina at home. Got you know, these, the the the, the, uh, the Superdome isn't what it was. They've lost their last, they've lost three weeks in a row for the you, first time since nineteen ninety seven. You get huge odds on that, right? Wouldn't you? I, I think. I think. Well, you mightn't get amazing odds now, but I still, I'd still think it'd be a nice bet. We're well, be getting twelve to one probably if they, if they go six and ten, I think they win the division, especially with all the tie breaks. Mm-hmm. They're 4-7 at the moment. Yeah, that's a good bet. They're going to lose to Arizona this week, I think. I do too. You know,
2: Did the Arizona train not get derailed last week? That's Did they not look a little bit human? They, they, they don't have a good
4: quarterback. No. I, look, I think they came up against the Super Bowl champions. They can't run the ball. I, I, I think, well, I don't think they could run the ball last week because Seattle put eight in the box against them and they're were, once again, out of nowhere, the best defense in football.
3: I think they also have a weirdly underrated home field advantage that not many teams do anymore, and they kind of put that string of wins together at home, and they they played a, re- a real team on the road. and they've, they've lost to Seattle and Denver, the two Super Bowl teams. I think we'll know this game will be the litmus test if they are just average or, you know, kind of... I think,
4: I think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Alright, hope you enjoyed the 12
2: hours of football you got to watch on a Thursday. I hope you uh, get to watch 12 hours of football this Sunday and coming Monday. If you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at Off the Ball, at McCarthy Mick, at Donnie Manning, at Jerry Gilroy. Happy Thanksgiving.